ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I am so thrilled to have with me this week, Judy Carter, whom I actually had never heard of, I have to admit, until I heard her speak on a um, uh, presentation that she did for some friends of mine. And oh my goodness, why haven't I heard of her? She is amazing. And not only that, she lives in Los Angeles, which is a place close to my heart because I have family there. So welcome, Judy. I'm so excited to talk about you and with you as well. Welcome to the (laughs) podcast. I I love an introduction that's like, well, I never heard of her. (laughs) I know. That's great. But she's not exactly a household name, but not in my household. But you know what? I'm a great connector and networker. So a lot of people are going to hear about you now that haven't heard. Well, you're you're in Canada, right? Yeah, Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Ah, Okay. Well, I have heard of Vancouver. (laughs) I think I remember you saying somebody that was in your life lives here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When you've slept with so many people, you're bound to have someone in each city. Just saying. Oh, I love it. Okay. And you live long enough. Um, And you live long. I didn't want to sound like, oh, I'm 24 and... (laughs) Oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> okay. So that brings me to uh, just a little bit of an intro I want to say that works perfectly with what you just said. At an early age, Judy discovered that the messes in her life were great comedy material and could be used to inspire others. Amen. <laughs> Turning problems into punchlines, she became one of America's top stand up comics, performing and teaching comedy internationally. And some of her students have included Seth Rogen, who I no, he's, he's not. Canadian. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, Maz Jobrani, not Canadian, and Hannah Gadsby. And Australian. Australian, right. And Maz is from where? Iran? No. No, he's an American-Iranian, um, but he took my class in Los Angeles right. and then went on to create the uh, – that's what I teach people, how to find and build a message um, from the messes in their life. Well, I, I wanted to ask you first and foremost, and I think we're, there's lots. Did of I interrupt you from um, no, talking no, about no, no. me? I hate when I do that. If you want to say better, more things about me, go ahead. Well, I know you've been uh, on a lot of different um, talk shows and uh, comedy shows and done a lot of work yourself, but I have to ask you how because I know you do workshops and coaching and what, how do you teach someone to be funny? Oh, oh yeah. I have, I have taught the humor impaired how to be funny. I, I can't teach them how to have a career as a stand-up comic, but when my book came out, the comedy Bible, mm-hmm. um, and that is came that the, out. Is that the old Testament version or the new? That's the old Testament, which by the way, I launched my tour on September 13th, Ooh. 2000 and 
one. So the um, uh, the terrorists just attacked the World Trade Center, and now little Judy's going on a comedy tour. Um, it wasn't, you know, and and it was interesting. Like, how do you go on a comedy tour where I was going to be doing shows and having book signings and workshops? It was all about laughter, and you know, I discovered that. No matter what happens, especially now in the time of COVID, because I just wrote um, the cover story for Toastmaster magazine that says, can we laugh in serious times? And the answer is yes, because, you know, the virus or terrorists, they could, they could take away our sense of safety, but uh, my purpose in life is I'll be damned if they take away my sense of humor, because... You know, we've all heard laughter is the best medicine. And unfortunately, now it's the only medicine, <laughs> right? True, yeah. Until we get a vaccine. So, you know, at the core of, of humor is poking fun of yourself. So when people come to me and they're not funny, like I put a challenge out when I did a piece on uh, National Public Radio. I, I need to find the most unfunny person in the world, and I'm going to take this challenge and make them funny. And um, they, they gave me this captain in, at Port Wainimi Base, and he was just like, he cleared a room anytime he told a story, you know. And so we started with telling the truth. And the truth was, he wasn't funny. And as soon as an unfunny person admits, go, oh, my God, I, I make Mr. Spock look charismatic. You know, I, you know I, I'm, I'm so boring. You know, I mean, you know, so you start making fun of the fact that you're not funny, you will get laughs. Because at its core, comedy is the T, the truth. Mm -hmm. And, and that's how I do it. Okay. That's how I take somebody who's not funny and make them funny because it's all about admitting the truth about yourself mm -hmm. or about a situation or, you know, I work with a lot of speakers mm -hmm. and I help them, you know, find their message and write Ted talks. And I work with a lot of very serious people. Mm -hmm. My clients now are not comedians. They're the head of Harvard Medical School. They're the head of a CEO of a pharmaceutical company. These are very unfunny people. Right. And they're boring people to death. And they have to engage people, especially if they're selling to venture capitalists. Mm -hmm. And they and a lot of them are scientists or doctors. And I teach them how to do some lighthearted self-mocking. So I can't help but think that there's something about, and I know um, we don't want to talk about religion, but there's something about our tribe that is um, always able to laugh at themselves. There are a lot I don't consider, you're talking about being Jewish? I yeah. love how you're going, about I our religion. <laughs> you said it was such a I know because I, accent. I, I, I'm not sure, but I know that there's so many comedians, so many Jewish comedians, and 
there's I know, right? Yeah. I'm surprised that they have a wailing wall. They should have a laughing wall, shouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do a shtick for me. I don't care. I love it. <laughs> well, I, here, I, yes, I think you're right. There's certain cultures. I don't think it's a religion. No, you're right. But it's, it's a culture. You know, it's kind of like the New York Jewish culture. I mean, yeah. you know, there are Jews in Iowa who can't tell a joke for the life of them. Um, so... I do think that cultures such as Italians, or the yeah. Spanish, or um, you know, Russians, I actually taught a workshop in Russia, and those cultures are very out there and uncontained. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a little louder. Yes. Because when you do comedy, you can get a laugh just by being louder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like on the punchline. Yeah. And so you can sometimes just get a laugh just because you put something out a little harder, you hit a little harder. And so those cultures are uncontained. They use their hands. They're very physical. They don't just tell a story. They act out every single person in that story. And those are all elements of being entertaining, right? And capturing people's attention. Um, But then again, there's, yes, but, you know, But then different countries who are more contained Mm -hmm. have a different way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in uh, the Brits, um, they are masters at irony, which Americans aren't. No, it's got to be in your face. Yeah, it's interesting. My book is, the the new comedy Bible is just coming out in Mm -hmm. um, Mongolian, would you believe? (laughs) And Chinese, no joke. I'm not joking here. And, and, you know, that's very interesting culture for comedy because it's so different because they do not laugh at shame. They don't find shameful things funny. Mm-hmm. Like Americans are like, yeah, I can't get laid. <laughs> I just broke up with her. Well, when I did setups like that in for a Chinese audience, they were like, oh, like they took it so seriously. Yeah. And, and when I, I had this gig and, I, and they went through my material, the, the um, corporate sponsors, and they went, no, you can't say any of this. And, mm-hmm. and I go, what am I going to joke about? Well, why don't you joke about how beautiful the Hong Kong sunset is? And I was <laughs> like, well, that's not funny. That's not funny. Funny is like how things go wrong. Well, we don't want you to talk about things. that go, Well, then how am I supposed to be funny? I mean, <laughs> did you, like, I mean, so um, I ended up, talking about the stress of tech and because it wasn't a human thing or how things go wrong with machines and, and, and that worked, but it was really hard uh, to find. Good challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Different cultures are completely different. And now of course, like I live in Vancouver, uh, BC, which is like a melting pot. You live in LA. It's a bit of a melting pot too. Um, in terms of the different cultures that you can find there. So it's interesting. Um, You mentioned that you uh, just did a cover story for uh, Toastmasters magazine. And when I think of Toastmasters, uh, I think of structure in in more of a serious kind of uh, talks. But I do remember experiencing uh, short group of lessons through Toastmasters, if you call them. And I guess they teach how to tell jokes in a way too, right? 
Um, I'm not familiar with their joke telling techniques, but I do know I work with a lot of Toastmasters and they've asked me to speak at many of their um, conventions. Um, I've been the keynote speaker at their international conventions. I've been invited to speak at Toastmasters such as like um, in Oman, you know, crazy places. And, um, you know, it's all the same. I find what makes people laugh. Um, every, you know, I, we all have these preconceived ideas of uh, certain cultures aren't that funny. Mm-hmm. But, but when we share a laugh with somebody, it so connects us. Mm-hmm. And there's always like, I guess what I was saying about my example when I went to perform in Hong Kong is that there's always something that you could find uh, and it's usually about something you're angry at because um, there has to be emotional context to the thing you joke about. You have to, it has to frustrate you or aggravate you. And, and then we tell the joke and we have laughter and that's, and that's a huge release. So, um, and then we have that agreement when we laugh, you know, that agreement, oh, you feel the same way as I do. And right. yes, you know. We bonded. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so let me ask you this because in this crazy time of COVID, how we're all virtual now. Um, and I did a, a presentation yesterday uh, on a webinar type summit thing. And I had to use my PowerPoint slides and I was doing like a workshop on LinkedIn. I couldn't see anybody, only my slides. And I have a really hard time being being able to relate to people, never mind laughing with them or being funny because I don't know whether they're reacting or not. How do you deal with that? Uh, What's your advice on that? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I think as a kid, I was pretty much of a loner. So I'm sort of used to amusing myself, you know, and laughing at myself. But some things that you can do is always on Zoom to have the gallery view, Mm-hmm. And I ask people to un, 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 unmute themselves. And then I always have somebody in on the call to help me, like to help me um, see the chat. You know, if somebody, if somebody is, um, has a baby crying, to find them and mute them. Yeah. So I try to keep people's mics open so I can hear the laughter. And if that's not possible, like I just did a comedy workshop with about 500 people on it. Um, I'll have, and Zoom just, I just got a note today that you're able to do this. You're able to pin like, I think nine people to your Zoom, your group, right? So get nine people who are good laughers or good reactors and going to be engaged with you. Open their mics up, have them there, and then, and, and have them make sure they know ahead of time their mic's going to be open and please, you know, uh, keep idea. your, keep your, your dog away. Yeah. So, so, you know, we have to, we have to have reaction because that reaction, I don't know about you, but I, I have a inner critic in my, ha- in my head that's going, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck. And, you know, which is good. It keeps me sharp and, 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 uh, but when I have that, um, you really need to counter that with a smiling face, hear the laughter, go, oh, that's great. Yeah. And then react to it. And then it becomes more organic. 
and um, you know, because then you need to react because when people see stand-up comics, you know, it looks like you're just the only one on stage. How do you do it? You're just by yourself. No, I'm not. I'm with the audience, and it's a dialogue. So I say something. The audience laughs. I might comment on something. It's, oh, you all thought that was funny. Except the guy over there. What? The guy in that square. What? What's going on with you? Well, I don't know. Something happened. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. You know what I mean? So so then you you have this real organic thing and that's why i think people just love my online workshops because they're fun you know they're engaging i'm there with you i'm not a talking head i'm going to listen and react to you i'm going to call you out by name okay uh, those are really good points that i hadn't thought of i did a uh birthday celebration zoom last night for my sister 27 people on the call which is not 500 but they were all trying to talk at once, right? And uh, what I learned was that actually I have two screens, but it still doesn't work sometimes unless you mute everybody so that the one person can be uh, seen. Uh, but maybe it's that pinning thing that you were talking about. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think that's a, uh, Zoom has come out with new features. And I, that's an exciting new feature. They're also uh, up their audio to 80, 48 megahertz, but that you can now, because before you could only pin you or someone speaking, right? But now you can pin a lot more people. And so have them be the audience and then you can have everybody. And, but then I would still look at the people um, who aren't pinned in the peanut gallery and right. Melissa, are you having a bad day? What's going on, girl? You know, and they go, look. So, yeah. so then people go, oh, and they don't just fade off and be doing, you know, yes. balancing their checkbook. They know you're looking at them. Yeah. So those are all good techniques on performing on Zoom. Excellent. Thank you. That I think my audience will appreciate that. Um, you were doing, when I first met you, you were doing this presentation that was talking about uh, our uh, entrepreneurs, business owners doing all this networking now and doing an a, uh, infomercial that you know had some humor in it perhaps that that and i remember i just watched your uh, video of yours where you were teaching someone how to in person how to you know use their hand to end the joke or to you know draw the audience in and uh i think on screen which is again where we are today we have to do something to liven up that infomercial and not say the same thing every single time. I don't believe, but maybe you do. I oh, know. oh, infomercial. You're talking about, all right, let's everybody go around and yeah. introduce yourself. Right. And you just want to, you know, you just want to poke your eyes out with a pencil. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, oh, I'm just, when's it my turn? Yeah. And, and, you know, cause, oh, what am I going to say? And I, I haven't heard one thing anybody else has said. I'm, you know, Mary, blah, blah. And um, I have a business in social media and some of my clients have included the top fortune 500. You know, it's like, oh my God, I don't really care. I don't know you. Yeah. And if you're doing better than me, I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> why, why is she doing so much better than I am? And if you haven't done anything, then I, I mean, it's just this, it's, it's, it's the wrong approach. So what is the right approach? The right approach is to talk, start off your pitch, not mentioning yourself. First of all, it's going to be a big 
eye-opener from everybody else's. I did this, and I wrote these books, and I wrote that, and I did that, and me, me, I, me, my. Get all those words out. And so I start with some, first of all, I never go first, and I listen to get, get a feeling of who this group is and what do they want. Now, I do many different things, mm -hmm. okay? So let's look at my call to actions, all right? I want people to buy my books. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a new book out, The New Comedy Bible, and a Comedy Bible workbook that shows people that. I also have a book called The Message of You to get, show people how to find your message and write your talk. Okay, so I have those. But like people buy those, that's, eh, who cares? Was it $10, $9? I think on Amazon, I've, I've been, you know, blue light special. I'm even like, I think, I think they're just giving away my book, quite frankly. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. I'm glad it's selling, what have you. But that's not, who cares? What you really want is a connection with people there. You want them to want you, right? Every woman wants that from everybody, right? I want to be wanted. Right. So you got to listen to what they want. So when I'm doing entrepreneurs, um, I'll go, you know what? They probably, which one of my services would they like? And I thought, you know what? I bet they would love to be able to put themselves on the map by doing a TED Talk. And that's what I've done. I've written some of the top TED Talks. Um, you know, they've gotten over 7 million views. Wow, that would be really good. So what am I going to start off with but their problem? Mm -hmm. So they're, let's say, female entrepreneur. I said, anybody like, you know how, has anybody here ever hired a social media person to get you more hits and more followers and you might as well just stood on your front door and thrown money out, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of you have, have done that and you're trying to get clients and customers and trying to get seen and trying to up yourself and coming up in Google. And it's just like things are not working. Well, let's just say I start with that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they're all going, now I've got their attention because I haven't said one thing about myself. Right. And I go, well, you know, I'm Judy Carter. I'm the author. Now I won't even mention the comedy Bible because um, I'm not selling them that. So I don't mention any book that has nothing to do with my pitch. I'm Judy Carter, and I wrote The Message of You. And I've also written some of the top TED Talks um, on the internet, including Dahlia Mogahead, who got over 7 million views. And I help people find their message, and I write their TED Talk, and I help them submit and put them on the map. Bam! End of story. Shut up. Right. So, I mean, I've done a lot. I mean, I have a lot of celebrity clients. I've written comedy for people. I'm known as a comic, but I'm going like nobody's, no entrepreneur, they're entrepreneurs. They don't want to be stand-up comics. Now, if it's a group of stand-up comics, I'll say something totally right. different. Like I'm going to speak at the National Speakers Association Laugh Lab, you know, and I'm putting on you know, online comedy workshops. So I'll go, oh my God, have you tried a joke and bomb? I mean, wouldn't it be great? You know, people judge you within 17 seconds. Wouldn't it be great if you came out and you just made people laugh immediately? Or if you gave your credentials rather than going, um, I, I'm this and I wrote this book. If you gave that information in a way that made entertain people rather than just a bullet list, can you imagine what that would be? Well, that's what I do for people. 
And I wrote, I'm, you know, the author of New Comedy Bible, and I was on Oprah Winfrey. You know, she interviewed me, and that's her first question. Can you make any, can, can you really teach someone to be funny? Uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> End of story. Bam. Yeah. So, so, um, well, so that's a real secret on, on how to p- pitch is first read the room. Yes. Uh, have empathy. What are what art do you think is on people's minds about them? What are their challenges? Now, I'm pretty good at reading a room. Mm-hmm. I and uh, I think I knew right off the bat that you were a member of our, our Jew tribe. <laughs> oh, well, I, knew, I knew that because I can smell it a mile away. But what can yeah, I Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. You know what's so impressive about you, Janice? You have such a high level of Zoom. That includes smelling. That is amazing. Janice was telling me how she's like got this really high level, has transcription services. I go, what? And smelling. Oh my God. I should have taken a shower before our conversation. That's crazy. Oh, you're too funny. You're too funny. I love it. I love it. Stress is a laughing matter. Yeah, that's my keynote for corporate. Yeah. yeah. Stress is. A- so, um, is there one um, is there one thing that stands out for you as I would say probably the most exciting experience with your business that you've had? Oh my God! Well, you've done a lot, and you've done a lot of amazing things. Is there one? Thing- I think I think my my well, there's there's two peaks in my life. Um, one was as a stand-up comic, and that was um, opening for Prince oh. and traveling with him, and that was exciting. Um, and it was early in his career where I was the only white person in the room, and everybody told me, don't accept this gig. And I went, no, I know how to build a bridge. I know how to, and let me do it. And it was so successful. It was so successful. How did it you was, come to that? Well, it was a little sneaky. While they were lining up outside, I pretended to be blind and I played accordion. And they lined up so early that they had to listen to the same song, Lady of Spain, for an hour. And, and they're giving me quarters and what have you. And then the line starts to move. They go, thank God I don't have to listen to that horrible, horrible song. Anyway. So they come in, they forget about me, they, they sort of get the drinks going, whatever, and they go, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to you today, Prince, and everybody's going like, ah! And opening the show is Judy Carter, and I came out with that accordion, the entire audience went, oh, shit! And I had them in the palm yeah. of my hand. Oh, I pranked them, yeah. and I just knew it would work, and it was a chance, and I just, because you knew, yeah, there's, like I say, there's always away yeah there was a risk a big risk factor but it worked the other one the other one was um you know just i think it was four years ago five years ago where i was asked to be on the bill with bill clinton and it was in canada it was in toronto it was a um, empowerment um it was a day of speakers where we all did like six speakers did an hour and i was invited i was crazy and i was um um eighty five hundred people were in the audience in toronto convention center and uh i got to meet bill clinton 
it was it was an awesome experience you know i can um, yes of yeah. course um do you still do um stand-up comedy in any of the clubs in la no i don't i do not i do not do stand-up comedy mm-hmm. what i do do is i do keynotes with a message that has a lot of comedy in it mm-hmm. um but i i'm also um I'm not interested really in working comedy clubs in the culture that is nowadays, mm-hmm. because when you do a corporate gig, you pretty much know who's in the audience, right? Mm-hmm. You know what to stay away from. And, and, you know, no one's going to heckle you. You're not going to get all of that. But nowadays, um, boy, it's a lot of, a lot of animosity, and such division mm-hmm. and um it it's it's just it's just so hard right now in the states right oh, yeah. maybe not in canada but in the states and uh, you know i'm older now and you know so when i get up in front of an audience millennials i don't know what am i going to say so i'm very interested now in storytelling i've written a solo show um, that as soon as there's a vaccine, um, I have a deal to perform it. I'm very excited about that. It's a solo show. A oh, solo show, sorry. Yeah, oh. so it's a, it's, a, it's a compelling story um, that I'm going to perform. That's exciting. Now, will you do that in person in, in, or for corporates, or will you do that as a... No, I, I, um, everybody needs to understand the difference between all these... I know. Different. Stand-up comedy is basically no message, get a laugh every 10 seconds, right. any which way you can. Yeah. Okay. A solo show is, is a, uh, performed in a theater. Yes. Uh, usually there is not an interaction between you and the audience. It's a performance. Yes. Um, a lot of, some of them do have audience interaction, but it's more of, we've seen them on Broadway, off Broadway. Hopefully yes. that's where my show is going. Awesome. Okay. And then storytelling is like, um, you don't tell stories in stand-up. Stand-up are set up and pay off. Uh, stories are um, longer and that's like at the moth. It's a performance. Hmm. And that's what, uh, that's all I'm writing right now. So then I will take stand-up comedy formulas and plug them into my story so I get laughs all throughout it. Okay, who, I, I know we have to wrap up in a couple of minutes, but I, I, I'm just enjoying this so much. So I'm hoping you'll stay with me. Um, who is your favorite comedian? Of- well, it's always one of my students, I have to say, oh, which is now Hannah Gatsby, who yes. uh, is not, she won the Emmy last year. Um, for Nanette, and, uh, which is on Netflix. And, and she's just absolutely brilliant because she um, has given herself the permission to be exactly who she is. And she was an art major. And so she does jokes about Picasso <laughs> and expressionism. And I just find how she could take these quite... Um, I don't know what word to use here, academic mm-hmm. um, topics mm-hmm. and make them hilariously funny, how she is so original. My other favorite is Wanda Sykes. Mm, she's great. Who is a master writer, yes. performer. Uh, sh- and Her again. She's really good. Great. Yes. Yeah. 
And I guess um, the third one would be Eddie Izzard, who I've seen go two and a half, three hours. He's British. And talk about irony, talk about, I mean, he's, well, he's a genius. So I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen him. Stream of consciousness, brilliant. He's, he works his stuff out on stage and, uh, and it's, it's kind of like a thesis of proving something. Um, and so now, it's brilliant. Now you've made me think of something else. So my husband was, was and is a basketball coach and has been for forever. And he, he's coached a lot of kids. And when we sit and watch a basketball game, he doesn't see it the same way I do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone will be shooting a foul shot and they'll miss. He says he didn't bend his knees enough or he should have done this or whatever. And, and I think now of you, when you watch a comedian or a show that's funny or whatever, you're seeing it from a completely different perspective than me. What do you listen for or watch for? Well, um, there's nothing worse than performing for other comics because you don't get a real good reaction, you'll get them going like, oh, wow, I love what he did with that. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. Oh, my God. Look how far he went with that premise. Ah, he missed something. I would have done one more take on that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's that. Mostly, um, if it's somebody really good, I just sit back, turn that off, and love and enjoy it. When it's someone who's mediocre, then I go, then I will get into that. Uh, why aren't they doing act outs? Why, why didn't did they do a, add a mix there? Right. Oh my God. They're so narcissistic. Oh, I got to get out of here. I mean, mostly it's just painful, you know, when it's not, when it's not rocking, but mostly I just love to get in there and really enjoy it. Do you collect jokes? Uh, that's called stealing. Okay. But I do, I don't remember people's names, but if they made me laugh, I'll always remember um, one of my students' jokes from a hundred years ago. I mean, it's just amazing. They do stick in my head. That's so funny. Well, this has been a delight and, uh, and I appreciate your perspective on things. Uh, and I know that you have some courses coming up or in progress right now, right? Oh, um, yes. Yes. And if they go, own? you know, go to um, uh, comedybible.com. Okay. At the comedybible.com um, is a link to, we're, we're just starting these online courses with just really uh, 12 people in each of them. And, and that way pe- um, people get custom material written for them. So wow. those, that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'll be there the first one and the last one, which we're doing a showcase. And uh, I have pro comics who are not on the road now. So I got them because they're not doing anything because of the pandemic. So they're not performing. So they're going to be teaching and it's really, really going to be exciting. That's great. So all the information is at comedybible.com. I'll put that in the show notes. And your new comedy Bible, is this this like an up-to-date version of the original, so to speak? No, um, I wrote a completely different book. Um, My book in 2001 uh, said things like, Bill Cosby is a legend, Louis C.K., someone to emulate. (laughs) It was old, old, old. So the New Testament... I completely, completely did not do a rewrite. I wrote 48 
exercises that'll instantly make you funny. So this book isn't some book you just like read and conceptually understand. It's like, come on, get on your feet, call up a friend, try this, try this formula, right? Mm-hmm. All right, what do you hate about yourself? Try, try doing this with it, you know? Um, like find the worst thing you can say about yourself and go, hey, there are advantages to, you know, losing your hair. There are advantages being fat. There are even advantages to having cancer. There's advantages to this virus. So it teaches you how to think counterintuitively, mm-hmm. and that's what it takes to be funny. Oh, I may have to get that. That sounds really fascinating. What do you mean you may? No, I'm teasing. Yeah, it is. It's freaking $9 on Amazon. What do you may? What is this? This is not like you're buying a house. This is not a big financial decision. Being facetious. Come on. Um, <laughs> I'm being facetious. I, and, I, and I love what you said in your bio when you sent it to me. As an author, Judy doesn't like to brag, but she did write the Bible. Yes, I did. <laughs> no joke. The author of the new comedy Bible, which rose to the number one book on comedy on Amazon. So it's already out there. Yeah, it's been okay. out there since February. Perfect. So uh, I have a lot in my garage because I was ready to do all these book signings and then the virus hit. So I invite you over, but you yeah. got to wear a well, mask. Well, next time I come to LA, gosh, I hope it's not too yes. long. I will definitely come over and get a signed copy from you. That'd be awesome. I'm going to make you pay for it, Janice. I'm going to make, I'm just saying. (laughs) No, I'm going to pay for one first. I got it. And I'll send you a picture of it once I get it. (laughs) So thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. And um, I know that my uh, audience are going to love it. Love the, the uh, uh, podcast episode. And I will put in the show notes, how to find you. There's more than one place, right? JudyCarter.com. Yes, you can go there or ComedyBible.com. And then TheMessageOfYou.com, right? Yes, I have a lot. (laughs) That's good. That means you've been around for a while and you're successful or you're still trying new stuff. I don't know, one or the other. (laughs) Always always reinventing myself. That's what I try to do sometimes too, but I don't think I'm as funny as you by a long shot. So I have lots to learn. So thank you again for your time, your inspiration and your um, expertise. And to my audience, please let us know um, what you thought of the episode and send Judy a note. Check out her work. And uh, I know you won't be disappointed. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.